do it? Yeah, I guess so. I'm proud of you, Gary. I wouldn't be. Alright. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Start Your Day the 501 Way. Morning. I'm Nick. Here with me is the beautiful Garrett. Generous day. Today we're going to be discussing overtraining syndrome. What does it mean? What's it do? How do you prevent it? How do you cure it once you have it? All of these things. So Garrett, what's, what's overtraining syndrome? Working way too hard for way too long? Pretty close. <laughs> Constant soreness, fatigue. That's not, that, those are signs of it. That's not what it is. Oh. <laughs> so there's different levels of overtraining syndrome oh. as defined by the American Medical Association. <laughs> the first is overreaching, which is sort of the beginning stages of it, right? And then that develops into overtraining syndrome, which is bad. Can be really bad. Can be very bad. Um some of the signs and symptoms of overtraining are like constant Sore. soreness that doesn't match up with the intensity of your workout. So if you did like a easier workout, but you're still super sore, that's a, that's a pretty hallmark sign. Um, constant fatigue, uh, decreased decreased mood, um, irritability, irritability, depression, things like that can be a sign. Um, trouble sleeping, um, minor little injuries coming yeah, up, like yeah. little things, uh, appetite disruptions, things like not having your appetite like you should, um, there's, um, in females, there's a lot of, um, potential menstrual, um, what's the word, disruptions, possible cessation. Too early, too late. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. Really and that's when it, that's, that's what, yeah, if, if, if it stops and you go into amenorrhea, then it gets really, really bad. But, that's not what we're talking about today. It's a different video. Probably not. I mean, we could do a video on um, eating disorders and how they progress into amenorrhea, but that's that's a whole set of issues and topics. I might need two videos. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I've been working out a long time, and... There's definitely points in my life I've gone through about everything you've just said, minus the menstrual problems. But, I don't know, most of the time, Sean and you always hear Sean and I bitching about, like, oh, we're always sore, oh, we're, but it generally correlates with what we're doing. Like, as much as I complain about hurting, waking up and can't walk, all those fun things, it does most of the time correlate with what I did the previous day, maybe two days before. And most of the stuff we're talking about is pretty excessive. Like you said, if your workout was, you thought was light, you still wake up the next day like, oh, I'm wrecked for no reason. Well, keep an eye on those things. And um, the big thing with you that you're not too terribly worried about it is because you keep progressing. Yes. You keep going heavier in weight. You keep getting stronger. And that's what you should be doing. You go, in, so, you go into another cycle and you're like, shit, I'm in the same spot for three, four, five weeks, six weeks yeah, at a time. Or, or going backwards. 
Yeah. That's when you're really like, oh, okay, I need to step back. I need to take a break, reevaluate. Yeah. And it's not even just like soreness. Yeah. It's like fatigue. Like your legs feel really heavy. You know, just getting out of bed, just that whole body tiredness and fatigue is just like, oh. Yeah. So it's less about soreness. This is, I mean, this is stuff that I've had for sure, and I didn't realize that I had. I mean, years ago, again, before I was a trainer, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. then, so you just, you live the life, you think it's part of it, but all of a sudden your weights are going down. You're losing weight. In my particular case, I was losing weight for no reason or thought was no reason. Um, the ab, remember the appetite thing was crazy. I took, I took probably three weeks off of just training flat and I just, yeah. uh, like, I don't know, the group we were working out with, we were working out six days a week, like constantly for probably a year. And at one point I lost 15 pounds for like pretty much no reason. So step back, probably was the right decision, but we didn't know really what was going on. But. Yeah. Um, most people that, well, I don't know about most people, I haven't done the a good number of people who exercise regularly will experience um, usually just overreaching. It usually doesn't develop into overtraining. Um, but you'll, you'll usually discover or um, go through some level of this. And um, it's really like you don't really know what it is at the time. and But then you sort of look back and you're like, oh, I was super overtraining. Yeah. I needed to relax. Absolutely. Um, We'll talk about some, in a minute, we'll talk about some ways to like acknowledge those things, self, self-analyze self and admit to yourself that maybe taking a break, uh, changing your workout style, something like to help yourself out to, I don't know, not lead down to some of the more severe things we're going to talk about. Yeah. Because <laughs> also, remember, I can't remember his name now. Sales manager. Oh, Travis? No, big dude. He had rhabdo. The guy at CAC or 24? No, 24. He's talking about having rhabdo. Gilmore? No, I can't remember his name. He, oh, he worked at CAC for a minute. Were you there at that time? Well, we'll talk about it later. I don't think so. But anyways, apparently you can go into rhabdo, which is... Pretty extreme. Rhabdomyolysis, um, if it happens, it's essentially like breakdown of muscle tissue, and it can be... It can be potentially fatal. <laughs> um, it can usually it'll take you out for about a year um, for your kidneys to start working right again and everything like that depending on the level of it is said six months before you felt like you was good again yeah right. um, I think the general recommendation of rest is between six months and a year jeez <laughs> uh, and I mean it, it can happen fairly quickly if you're not paying attention and doing the right things it's yeah. very um, prevalent and common in CrossFit a little bit in bodybuilding, but CrossFit is. Yeah, the style of bodybuilding workouts don't lead to rhabdo as much. Yeah, but, but it does happen, obviously. You, you have a better chance of it not happening just with the splits of workouts. Yeah, and they're slower workouts. Yeah. Things like that. Um, whereas CrossFit, that style of workout is like. Go, go, go. The way go. that you develop rhabdo. You just go. So, yeah. The different. Everything has its issues. Anybody can have right. it happen, but it's you find it more common in those things. Yeah, because um, it's those higher intensity um, impact. Impact duration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That that really leads to that rhabdo. Yeah. Um, signs of signs of rhabdo. 
Brown P. That's the number one. That's the big one. Yeah. That, you see that. Be concerned. I mean, if your P is ever brown, even if you're not suspecting rhabdomyolysis, that is, is yeah. Well, no doubt. Who knows? It's um, technically referred to as hematuria, um, and that just means there's blood in your pee. And if you're a guy, it's always bad. You should never have blood in your pee as a man. As women, it happens sometimes. But overall, it's bad. Just so checked out. Uh, goes back, same thing, other signs for that is still the heavy limbs, like just weight, like extra weighted body. I don't know how to describe that. Yeah, it just feels like you're walking around in a weighted vest almost. There you go. Um, yeah, just really, really bad fatigue. Yeah. Um, and then like kidney pain, actually. Really? Yeah. I don't know about that one. Jeez. Kidneys are not feeling so well. Yeah, it's, if you say that, yeah. It, yeah, that, that pretty much what happens in, in a nutshell is, uh, it's too much stress on your body and it starts breaking down the proteins in your muscles and things like that. Those are toxic. And then they, yeah, they get processed through the kidneys, which is just way too much for the kidneys to handle. There's a lot of other stuff that goes into it. Causes issues. Um, that's the long and short of it. It's, um, yeah. They can kill you. Yeah. 100% it can. So the more positive notes, things that won't kill you but that are really painful are the stress fractures. Stress fractures are a very, very common, um, I, I was going to say, I guess, outcome of overtraining. The, one of the most common um, forms of overtraining, symptoms or syndromes of overtraining, um, is what's referred to as medial tibial stress syndrome, a.k.a. shin splints. Oh, there we go. And uh, that's very, very common. Almost everybody who's ever worked out, exercise at all, has had shit at some point. Mm -hmm. um, and a big issue with shit is they can develop two stress fractures. Um, so that's that's one example of overtraining leading directly to a stress fracture. Another one, I mean, just overtraining in general increases your chance for stress fractures, um, particularly in the feet. Things like March fractures specifically, um, are very, very common. Just that pounding, repetitive stress. I just remember that was like a track season. It was just constant. It's absolutely constant. Yeah, yeah. That, those are the big ones. Stretching um, and all that stuff still minimal yeah. help. <laughs> yeah. It's less like lifting that will do that. Um, more running. running sprinting. Sprinting, that constant pounding is what does it typically. Um, you can get stress fractures in other parts of your body. Um, for example, it's less, it's really, really uncommon in general population. Um, it's fairly common in gymnastics. And some bodybuilding is basically forearm splints, which is just shin splints and forearms. Um, really common in gymnastics, you having to hold yourself up to yeah. walking and things like that. Um, you'll get you'll see it sometimes in people that do too many curls doing this, and their wrists can't keep up, and it starts hurting really bad right here. That one it was actually presented in the forearm, not like an elbow or something. Yeah, because typically, what it is is because your wrist flexors and extensors 
are so long and small, mm -hmm. they develop a lot slower than your biceps or your triceps and things like that. So they're going to be lagging behind. Yeah, so take it takes hit. a lot longer for them yeah. to... Yeah, to get as strong as your biceps and all of that. So you'll be able to, you know, your biceps can do the curls, but your wrist can't. And so it stresses it and it puts the um, stress on your forearms. You can make a forearm. That's, uh, like I said, fairly uncommon uh, in general population. Um, the big telltale sign of stress fractures is if you have a big area of pain, say your whole shin splinting, Shins hurting. And then it just gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And then it's just breaking. Yep. A lot of people think, oh, the pain is getting smaller. That's a good thing. No. That's, no. I mean, <laughs> that's high school right there. Yeah. We get down to where I remember it was just like, whatever. It was like right here. Like, you touch it, it hurts. And like, you get your track shoes on, you're just like, oh my God. You get running a little bit, it gets better, you think you're fine. Next morning, you can't walk. <laughs> yeah. And so. Yeah, exactly. Once it gets to that smaller point, it's really, really common for the, to develop a stress fracture in the tibia. Um, and, I mean, just in the feet. It's super common to get a stress fracture. Um, there are some other examples of um, stress fractures. A very common one in kids is a, is a form of a stress fracture. Um, Oshkosh slaughters in these. Where your patella yep. comes up where it attaches right here. Mm -hmm. The name of it's escaping me at the moment. But right here, and it pulls up and it has a big prominent notch there. And there's also, just because it's fun to say, it's super uncommon, but it's called Sending Larson Johansson. <laughs> and that's when it happens at the other end, at the patella, as opposed to the uh, insertion there. A lot of that's doing Oshkosh slaughters due to like a big growth spurt, right? Like, you know, just the, extends that and mm -hmm. starts to pull really bad. It's, it's very common yeah. from growth spurts and, um, like, exercise running during the growth spurt. Yeah. Because it just pulls on that little insertion right there, and the bone builds in underneath it, and so it gets a big prominent point. Yeah. Um, the thing about Oshkosh Slaughters is it sucks, yeah. and there's not a lot you can do about it. I trained a gal with Oshkosh. She was, I think she was 14 or 15 and six foot two. Well, from yeah. five, I think she, they said five nine to six two in, like, a year. Yeah, and she, was, she was her. She was her. So, uh, all the little things in life, right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a type of stress fracture. It's, um, it's like a stress avulsion fracture, essentially. Yep. But, yeah. And yep. then... What's another, what's another major sign of overtraining? Hmm. What's the next one? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so possible... Like nagging injuries, where you know it just seems like you're always injured. Minor injury after minor injury after minor injury, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm always pulling my hamstrings, I'm always pulling my back, I'm always pulling just things like that, and it just keeps compounding, 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 and it's just always happening. I'm just probably doing too much, and you need to kick it back. Um, those little injuries, those little injuries will lead up to potentially something major. I mean, yeah, my hamstrings always pull my. Like, ah, this always aches, uh, I don't know, you do a little too much, hamstring tear, quad, whatever, like, just might. Yeah, it just, because essentially, I mean. It's telling you something. Yeah, exactly. When you're it's working out, you're you trying to put little tiny tears in the muscle, which is good, that's what you do. And, yeah. then, and then it builds back stronger. And, and then, 
what, so once you're doing too much, and then those little tears just keep tearing, and then they just keep going, and then, like you said, it doesn't. Yeah. And that's that's when issues occur. Yeah. Um, anything else? No, I just, I, something, I mean, some stuff, shit's going to happen. I mean, sometimes yeah. shit just happens. You don't yeah, have obviously. any signs. Uh, personally, I tore a peck a few years ago. A long time ago now. Dude, that was like 10 years ago. Yeah, Not that long ago. Five, six years ago. I don't remember having any issue. You know, it felt great, we're going, and then just... I mean, yes, it happens sometimes. So, sometimes, you, I mean, I don't know, I look back, I was just pissed about it anyway, so maybe there was signs, I don't know, but for one day, doing it, and then all of a sudden things snapping, something, some shit just happens, so... It does, some things just happen, I mean, they're... You're, it's unfortunate, but working out, there's always some risk, hopefully you're playing the low end of those risks, but... I mean... To be clear, to be fair, I think that weightlifting actually has the lowest incidence of risk in any mm. sport. Most people get injured outside of the gym doing random shit. Right? Yeah, it's, it's far more common to, the most common injury in a weight room by far is dropping shit on your foot. Because mm. um, wearing shoes will protect that. It does a little bit. It won't like prevent the full injury, but it'll make it less bad. Because <laughs> then it goes everywhere, spreads it out a little bit, as opposed to just here. And then your blood doesn't get everywhere. Uh, that went to a dark place. It's a real dark place. No, that's just a fact. It keeps the blood here as opposed to just spraying blood all over the place. Real dark, sir. Just put your goddamn shoes on in public. Yeah. That's gross. No. Bare feet. That's where it's at. That's just <laughs> gross. You can do that in your nasty floor in here. Yep, all the time. You don't, you don't do it in public. That's gross. <laughs> um... But yeah, those are, so those are the big ones. Signs of overtraining. How to kind of watch yourself. Um, different ways of like helping yourself not overtrain. Yeah. Nutrition, proper rest, like sleep, breaks in between workouts. Uh, always water. I mean, water and nutrition are big things. You're under you're undernourished. Kind of asking for problems of one way or another. Like yeah. it's just not. You're not fueled for what you want to do, and then you're going to accelerate possibly something that happens. You right? need to get enough you know, carbs and proteins post-workout mm -hmm. to repair the damage mm -hmm. before you're going back in. Yep. That's, I mean, it's kind of the basics there, but it's so often, even for myself, you know, I want to work out again, you skip a rest day because you want to get back to it, or... Uh, you, you're too busy, you skip a meal after the gym or something. Like, it, it yeah. happens to everybody. Yeah, those little things, and then the problem is when they happen all the time. Yeah, if, if you're doing it too often, up. once in a while, big whoop, whatever. Um, but same thing, if you're not sleeping right, fuck, four, three, four, five hours of sleep isn't enough if you're working out hard. Yeah, if you're working out hard, I mean, if you're training every day, you should be pushing nine. Yeah. Like, even eight's not going to be enough. No. You really got to get yeah. that extra rest. Yeah, it, you... Help your own body. Like we got, we all got shit to do. I know that, but you want to do, you want to, you want to play hard, rest hard. Yeah, Attaboy. a <laughs> boy. I do love a good nap. Dude. You don't know. You don't nap. That's true. I try. I lay down though, and it feels good. Yeah, it's good enough. Sometimes you don't actually. Nap. <laughs> um, other ways too. Like there's different things out there. We run one uh, for our training, train, excuse me, trainees that a wellness survey. How are you doing that week? How was things going, like how's your sleep, all that stuff. We run through everything, and it helps everybody be a little more uh, aware of this stuff, everything we just talked about. So our ways of helping you prevent that stuff, 
through external sources. But um, just be honest with yourself. How are you feeling? Like, God, I felt like crap all week, and I've barely done a couple workouts. Like, if, if there's other stressors going on, but those could be contributing, really just be honest with yourself. If you have half the things that we just said, just be a little worried, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, those those wellness surveys are actually huge. Mm -hmm. um, there's a ton of research behind them, and subjective wellness surveys actually are an unbelievable predictor of overtraining, overreaching, uh, syndromes like that. So, I mean, what we do for our our uh, people we work with is every week we just send them out a survey. It takes about two minutes to do, maybe. Mm -hmm. If you're being really thorough and well thought out, it takes about two minutes. <laughs> Usually it'll take less than a minute. Um, and it'll just say, you know, rate your soreness, fatigue, difficulty of the workouts, uh, and there's one or two other things in there. Oh, quality of sleep, uh, stress, mood, things like that. And then we just take a look at it. And as long as everything's good, we keep going. If things are getting a little on the high end, we'll dial back the workouts a little bit. Um, yeah, and it's hugely beneficial. Yeah, you should be. Again, that's one way for us to help you. I mean, you can have something on your own. You can pull up a survey on your own. There's tons out there. If, if you need a wellness survey and you don't know how to do it, you drop a message. I'll send you the one that I use. You can send it to your, you can make it up yourself. It's super easy to do. Um, I'll send you the Google. I, I, when I, so with our current group, um, it's all through our app. Uh, just so we can do it through there. When I was at the school working, I had the whole thing do it on um, Google Forms, yep. which puts it right into a spreadsheet, and you can just format it, and it makes it so easy. Yep. Um, so if you need that, reach just, out. Yeah, just drop a comment, and I'll, I'll send it to you. It's just so a quick, easy. It's a quick check-in, guys. Yeah. Like, keep Be honest with yourself. Sometimes you can't be as honest with yourself as maybe someone else looking in on you, but be careful. It's all fun and games until it's not. Yep. Um, <laughs> Let's see if we have any questions. That sounds like a plan, Steve. Right, since we're solo today. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Oh, okay. When is a good sign that I should change my routine? When is a good sign that I should change my routine? Um, that depends on a lot of things. So, develop these signs and symptoms, these issues come up. Take about two weeks off. Completely. Just rest. Um, go And then start slow. Go back into it. And if it happens again, then something's wrong with your routine, your plan, your program, and you need to change it. Um, if it happens once, it's, you know, it, it might just be you're going too hard, you went too fast, things like that. Um, perhaps your meals or your sleep wasn't in the correct place. Life, so, life stress. Yeah, too. exactly. Outside stresses can be huge. Um, and so, you know, take a break, and then if it happens again, then you're really at the point where you're going, okay, I'm doing something wrong, let me get some help. And then at that point, you'll change it up. There you go. Um... I've had shin splints. What does that say? I've had shin splints for a really long time. 
what like what are some easy ways or what are some easy ways to help with my shin splints okay good question so the easiest things to do the first steps look at your shoes make sure that your shoes are broken in but not worn down um fine line. yeah exactly it's <laughs> like brand new shoes are a very common cause of shin splints but then when the shoes are, are too old and they start breaking down then it's also a common sign of shin splints too much too much rigidity not enough yep okay um, and, and, and the rigidity pliability thing that, that's more individual it depends on your feet but um, in terms of other things that you can do uh, ice specifically taking like ice cuts and then rubbing it up and down really hard so like an ice massage um, stretching out your calves and your shins so sort of one of these stretches did you see that on the camera we'll do that again one of these can be really good for it um, and then foam rolling in your calf and your shin, and then as well as on your feet can really help. Um, and then getting some compression sleeves for your for your shins, for your legs, can also help. That's less of a cure and more of a, it'll make you feel better. But um, you can do that while you're jogging. Band-aid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um... Are certain people more prone to overtraining? Yeah, 100%. Um, Is that more like type of workout type thing? So, I mean, obviously, as with everything, everybody's different. Some people will just be more prone to constant injuries. Um, there's a sim or syndrome that is defined in the American Medical Association. I forget what it's called. Uh, but it's basically like the constantly injured athlete. And there's a bunch of personality traits that go into it that can potentially cause it. But yes, every individual is um, different and some are more susceptible, just genetically more, more or less susceptible to injury, overtraining, things like that. It happens. Um, and then also, like we said earlier a bit, the style of workout can also vary, very, very have a huge impact on, on your chances of overtraining. Things like we said, the CrossFit that have that constant high impact are a lot higher chances of overtraining. Whereas, believe it or not, things like bodybuilding and strongman and things like that have a lower chance just because they're slower things. That doesn't mean it can't happen. It absolutely 100% can. But as long as your split is right, it won't happen as much because it's slower and it's not as high impact. Cool. Any uh, questions? No, I think that's it. Dre, Dre says hi. Hi. Um, and that, no, I think we're good. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone, for starting your day the 501 way. We'll see you in two weeks.